let's talk about a talented but young farm system in the San Diego Padres. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And we're talking San Diego Padres, 89-73 and 73 last year, 22 games back of the Dodgers. But did not matter once they got into the postseason. Steamrolled all the way to the National League Championship Series, where they lost in a very exciting five-game set to the Philadelphia Phillies, and then went out this summer and continued with the big acquisitions, obviously traded for Juan Soto last year, go out and add Xander Bogarts. Just a really interesting team that is not afraid to make big, big swings. And when you look at the farm system, there's been so many trades out of this organization in the last seven, eight years, that a lot of this farm system consists of Young guys that they've gotten somewhat recently. The top four prospects, which we're getting to, are all like we're all acquired in 21 or 22. And it's because a lot of these guys have moved on in trades or have been like they, they've been used to acquire other prospects or sorry, used to acquire stars. So, number one prospect in this system, shortstop Jackson Merrill, 2022 first rounder out of high school. 6'3", 195, got 45 games in in A-ball. 325, 387, 482, five home runs, 18 extra base hits, 19 walks to 42 strikeouts, 8 of 13 on stolen bases. What's good here is the first year of development for Jackson Merrill was very, very good. He struggled against spin uh, in his brief debut in 2021. You saw him get much better against that to the point where I'd now consider him a plus hitter. The pitch recognition is very good. And so you're in a situation where plus hitter, above average power potential, absolutely like what Jackson Merrill can do defensively. No question, above average defender at short, provided the physical development doesn't make him move, he should be able to stick at short. The hands are good, the actions are good, above average arm. Really like the package for Jackson Merrill and and what he can do in a couple years with this organization up in the bigs. Number two prospect in this system, another recently acquired guy, right-hand pitcher Dylan Lesko. 2022 first rounder out of high school, 6'2", 195. A little bit more of an unknown because uh, he had Tommy John surgery in 2022. So, so much of this is going to depend on the recovery from the TJ, and uh, we're better at TJ than we used to be, but it is still not a perfect science. Jay Groom's a guy we're going to talk about later in the show, uh, left-hand pitcher, who never quite came back the same after his Tommy John, but is still a usable piece. So uh, what Dylan Lesko does well, fastball is a a 70-grade fastball, sits 93 to 95, can touch 98, with really good carry up in the zone. So very effective weapon there. The changeup, amazing changeup. One of the best prep changeups I've seen in a long time. I Easily a 70 grade, sits in the low 80s, and the light. 
It's commonly referred to as a Bugs Bunny changeup. It kind of hops. Like it's just it's it's phenomenal. Uh, curveball, average. It's a twelve to six. A lot of spin to it. Really high spin rate. He just n- didn't have to use it a lot in high school, and that's that's kind of common from high school and some college pitchers too. You can kind of get by if you have two really good pitches. You can get by on just those two at the lower levels. It takes a different caliber of talent to get by with two pitches in the bigs. Shout out Spencer Strider. But uh, the question here for Dylan Lesko is going to be, how does he come back from TJ? What does he look like? I look for him to be throwing off a mound sometime in 23, but I still don't think we'll see him actually debut in competitive games until 2024. A guy who is going to be in competitive games at the big league level is going to be able to help you this year, catcher Luis Campusano. Uh, 2017 second rounder out of high school, 5'11", 232, and got 81 games in AAA last year and 16 games in the big. So in AAA, 298, 363, 483, 14 home runs, 30 extra base hits, 33 walks to 62 strikeouts. Uh, He got a brief time up in the big leagues, like I said, 16 games total, 250, 263, 33, one home run, two extra base hits. One walk to 11 strikeouts. Was a little more aggressive at the big league level than he had been in the minors. And common thing you see from a young player kind of feels like he was pushing to try to make an impact and contribute to wins for the t- for a team who was in a fight for a wild card spot. Uh, offensively, I think he's going to hit for both average and power. And I really do like the power to be, you know, foul pole to foul pole type power. It's not something where he has to pull it to get it out. It's just very good power. And again, uh, foul pull to foul pull. Defensively, this is some of the the hesitation that they have with playing him too much. Uh, They did move out Jorge Alfaro, so he's probably going to be the the backup catcher to start the year. Uh, The defense is kind of average. He's working on it. So it's, it's something where focus and effort have been something where he kind of has to be able to maintain that focus all the way through a game. Again, something you see with the younger player. Uh, above average arm. He's been working on the accuracy. Uh, he's gotten he's gotten better at framing and the actual mechanics of receiving, but still not entirely there yet. So we're still working on that. Either way, look for him to be up this year. He actually, spoiler alert for the ad read, he does have plus 8,000 odds for Rookie of the Year. So he is on the board. Uh, It just remains to be seen whether or not he gets enough playtime to overcome the overwhelming favorites in the National League, like a Corbin Carroll, like a Jordan Walker, things like that. Number four prospect in the system, and probably one of the higher ceilings outside of Merrill, is outfielder Samuel Zavala. 2021 IFA, 6'1", 175. Got in 33 games in low A last year after he came stateside. 254, 355, 508 slugging. Seven home runs, 15 extra base hits. Again, in 33 games, so almost one every other game. 19 walks to 37 strikeouts and 5 of 8 on stolen bases. Uh, Defensively, let's get this out of the way. The speed is uh, French to average, 45 or so. He's able to do what he does in the outfield and be an above average defender because the reads, routes, and reactions are all really good. Um, you know, despite the speed, the arm is above average as well. I think he could play right or left. Uh, they, they've, they kind of given him some looks in center field, 
Uh, but he'll have to show as he keeps moving up in the system, because again, he was just in low A last year, that he can do that. I do think ultimately he'll end up in a corner. Uh, offensively, the swing, the lefty swing, incredibly smooth for Sam Zavala. Uh, it, it, the power is very projectable. Obviously, 6'1", 175 at age 17 in low A. Uh, the numbers were good, but there's still more physical development to be done. Uh, there's no 17-year-old that's just about done growing into their body. So you'll have some more to do there. The plate discipline, I like the plate discipline. And it's something where depending on what happens with the physical development will kind of, and where his speed goes with that, will kind of determine if he can stay in the outfield or if he has to move somewhere else. But either way, uh, the first step is quick. So even if the total overall foot speed isn't there, he still has the good enough read and reaction with clean enough routes to make the defense work. And I think at the very worst, he would be average in the outfield, barring some sort of wild physical development issues there. In just a minute, I want to get to the state of the pitching, just like a lot of other things in this system. It is very young. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. This is the only app you need for your Super Bowl party because FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Uh, if you're new to FanDuel, that's fine. They have a ton of great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. And they do it through an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So download the FanDuel app now. And I believe that is FanDuel.com slash locked on. Uh, you can get you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet and get up to $3000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Everything from the uh, the money line, point spreads, who will score touchdowns, all of the fun props that go along with the Super Bowl. Uh as soon as the game's over, you can get paid your winnings from the app instantly. Uh and then again, if you are here just solely for baseball, that's great cuz FanDuel has a ton of odds for this Padres team. The over-under right now by FanDuel, 93.5 wins. So an improvement of four, four and a half wins is what's projected by adding Xander Bogarts and some of the other pieces that you've added. Uh, World Series odds, fifth best World Series odds, plus 1,000 tied with the Braves. And then looking at the MVP, you have four guys in the top of the boards for MVP, the number one favorite for MVP in the National League is Juan Soto at plus 550. Uh, Tatis and Machado are tied for fourth with Ronald Acuna Jr. and Nolan Arenado. And then Xander Bogarts is in there at plus 3,000. And that is one of the better... Uh, there's no other team, I believe, that has four guys that high in the MVP odds. So... Join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash on to either claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57 or go out there and take advantage of all of the Padres' lines for the upcoming baseball season. That's FanDuel.com slash on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, so state of the pitching in this system, it's really interesting. When you look at what the Padres do in the draft. And I think I've talked about this before, maybe on the Padres show, the crossover that we did. The Padres are not afraid to take big swings early in the draft. So instead of doing that that safe college arm that has a high floor and maybe a lower ceiling, the Padres are very big on, we like we're going to take on the additional risk of this prep arm or this 
prep hitter, knowing that if it works out, the ceiling was higher and the reward's going to be even greater. Uh, Now, not everybody's going to pan out, obviously. The very easy comparison to make for any individual prospect is they're not going to make it. Like, that's the easy assumption to make for anybody. Uh, And it feels like the Padres understand they have to get a little more out of some of their homegrown players. Uh, James Wood looked like he was working out last year uh, as we got kind of, you know, coming up on the Juan Soto trade, and he ended up being one of the centerpieces of that trade. But it's something where so many of these guys have stalled huts and pots, kind of stagnates in the upper levels. Uh, they move, they they promote C.J. Abrams too early. They kind of had to, some struggles there. Mackenzie Gore up and down. Weathers backed up a bit. And it's just, they they take big swings, and if it works out, it's this, the guys are going to be amazing. Uh, and the pitching kind of reflects that. A lot of the pitching depth in the system right now, these top guys are 21 and 22 draftees, and you know less about them. Most of them, not all of them, but most of them started off as prepsters too. Left-hand pitcher Robbie Snelling, 2022 first-round supplemental, again, out of high school, 6'3", 210, has an above-average fastball, 92 to 96, but the star of the show is the curveball. It's a plus pitch right now. And really, I, I say you can't make it work with two pitches, but Robbie Snelling's second pitch in the curveball, one, it's his best pitch, but two, it's hard to call it just a curveball. He can manipulate the speed. He can throw it as slow as the mid-70s, as high as the mid-80s. He can alter the shape from like a horizontal sweeper to a big two-plane breaker. And so it's almost like it's a slider and a curveball. You can, you can, he can throw it more like a sweepy, faster slider or the big two-plane break. So it, 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 he's an example of a guy that doesn't necessarily have two pitches. He can kind of, you can give him credit for having three because the, the curveball is so good. The changeup, like most prep pitchers, Dylan Lesko excluded, uh, not very great. Uh, below average, he rarely used it. And so that's something that they're going to have him focus on. Now, he is a great athlete, very good athlete, super competitive. So he's going to get after it in 2023. And I feel comfortable that he's going to get plenty of outs. He's going to make hitters uncomfortable. And he's going to find a way to make, uh, make this pitch mix work for him. Uh, another pitcher in this system that is one of the higher prospects, right-hand pitcher uh, Victor Lizarraga, I believe. 2021 IFA. I want to say he's out of Mexico, but uh, got 6'4", Got 20 games last year in low A. 19 of those were starts. 3-4-3 ERA in 94 and a third innings. 95 strikeouts, so 9.06 per nine to 34 walks, 3.2. Five per nine, kind of rounding there. Five home runs allowed. Uh, his mix here, again, fastballs only above average, sits 90 to 94. I think he has more physical development you can do in there, as well as a little bit of refinement of command to make that a plus pitch. Uh, the changeup is a plus pitch. It's in the mid 80s. It's a little firm, and I'd love it to have a little more separation off the fastball. Now, ideally, you get that by speeding the fastball up improving the velocity on the fastball, but maybe you end up doing it by by increasing the or by de- decreasing the vo- uh, the speed 
on the changeup. If that's the way you have to do it, that's the way you have to do it. Curveball is fringe to average, sits in the upper 70s. It's a vertical breaker, so it kind of gives you a horizontal moving changeup, the fastball, and the vertical breaking fastball, uh, curveball. Again, I, I think fastball command, physical development's important, and then refining the curveball a bit. He probably could add a slider, and I think that'd be a useful weapon because it'd give him some more horizontal break in the other direction. Not quite there yet. Want to get the curveball worked out first, but I think it's possible. Uh, another recent guy, but a college guy, 2022 second rounder Adam Mazur out of Iowa. Uh, ha- wasn't always at Iowa. I believe he started off uh, at a smaller school, South Dakota State, maybe. And so one of those rare college guys that like has physical development and projection left. He only really got one year in a Division I weight room. Uh, 6'2", 180. But what he does really well, both the fastball and the slider are plus. So the fastball sits mid-90s, touches 99. Uh, I have I had some of the stuff readings from the college season, and it was like 194 stuff plus. So it is a very, like it is, it was almost twice as good as the average college fastball. The slider was even better. Sat 87 to 90, a 216 stuff plus. Kind of hard to get those numbers for college, so I don't have those a lot, but I got them for him. Really excited about both of those. The changeup, above average, sits mid-80s, 84 to 86, has good separation from the fastball, and it kind of has two-seam action to it, which is nice. The curveball sits in the high 70s, 12 to 6 shape to it. So different visual pictures as far as a horizontal slider, a vertical curveball, and a horizontal changeup the other direction. You've got three velocities, you've got three different pitch directions, giving you a nice picture to throw at a hitter. Control's kind of average, and I do think there's a little bit of, of work to be done there. Again, not only physical development, but streamlining the delivery to help the control get a tick better. Uh, would like him to be my breakout guy if it wasn't for the fact that there's somebody else who's probably going to be even better than that. Uh, and another guy, and again, I mentioned him earlier, a reason why you can't assume everything will go back to normal after TJ is Jay Groom, 6'6", 250, lefty pitcher, uh, was acquired from the Red Sox when you uh, when you shipped out Eric Hosmer. 29 games, 27 starts between their AA, their AAA, and then AAA El Paso for the Padres. Uh, 3-4-4 ERA and 144 innings pitched, 140 strikeouts, so 8.8 per nine, to 64 walks, four walks per nine, 17 home runs allowed. Uh, 6'6", a big boy, but not everything came back after the TJ. The fastball didn't quite hit the reaches that it had been last year. We saw it 90-94, to 94, touches 96. I'd call it above average when I think it used to be a plus pitch. The curveball, a horizontal breaking curveball, it used to be like elite, and now it's average to above average. Still a good pitch, but not where it was. He has a two-samer that is average. He has a cutter that is average. Uh, and the things you have to work on here is the physical development, or sorry, the the conditioning. He wasn't always 250. He got as high as 260. Uh, But a lot of that is the after-surgery time. Now, 2016 draftee lost 2018 because of TJ. 2018 and 19 was rehabbing, and then lost 2020 for the pandemic. So lost some development time in there. Still a younger guy, just now only 23, but someone where... The physical conditioning has to come back because he kind of got a little bit bigger, a little too big after Tommy John. 
And then you're looking at the platoon splits are kind of odd. He's a left-hand pitcher who struggles with left-handed batters, which is not something you see a ton. He dominates righties. I could absolutely see him uh, being a bullpen piece if the Padres wanted him this year. And if you can work on maybe getting that curveball to be a little bit better instead of being a sweeper, have more of that uh, vertical break that it used to have, you could see him as being a uh, back-into-the-rotation guy. I still think he could do that, but maybe not as effective. In just a minute, I want to give the superlatives for this organization. There's some interesting guys to talk about right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we are back. So, looking at the San Diego Padres and looking at some of the superlatives, your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. That award goes to Joshua Mears, the outfielder. 6'3", 242. So, physically imposing. He is that big guy. Uh, I would give the raw power 80 grade. He hits home runs. They are not wall scrapers. They are not. It's not a question. That ball is gone. I want to say he launched one... Uh, over the batter's eye in one of the parks that he played in. I mean, just absolutely destroyed that ball. Uh, But the issue is making enough contact to get it into games. The hit tool is probably a 30. So 93 games last year between rookie ball, high A, and double A for 2019 prep draftee. And I'll tell you why. He spent so much time in rookie ball last year. 217, 305, 486. 22 home runs. 42 extra base hits, 34 walks to 161 strikeouts in 93 games. There you go. Uh, Four or five on stolen bases. Defensively, the arm is average. The speed is slightly below average. I think he could be fringe to average in a corner. uh, With, like, he has surprise, you know, the speed is surprising for somebody that big. But again, I do think he'll be in a corner in the future. Could be right or left. The speed's not, or the the arm's not necessarily overpowering. But when you watch him play, he doesn't chase a ton. It's just swing and miss in the zone. He has longer levers in the swing. He has a like a massive kind of uppercut swing, which obviously is geared towards power. But it gives you holes on pitches in on your hands. It gives you holes on chase away, uh, and then you can just miss in the zone on a fastball if the timing's not quite right and you don't get your swing off in enough time, especially when it's elevated. So I don't quite know how you fix it. The hit tool is legitimately probably a 30 grade right now. Um, Again, has the build, has the bat speed, has the raw power that's amazing. It's just he has to get better against quality pitching. He has to get his swing started earlier so he can catch up to an elevated fastball. He has to not miss as much in the zone, things in on his hands, stuff like that. He also needs to stay healthy. That's the other superlative he's going to get is the guy who needs to stay healthy. Since he was uh, drafted in 2019, he has missed time with a shoulder injury. He has missed time with a concussion, missed 2020 season. Uh, Then after that, he missed time on the COVID-19 injured list. Uh, He had a broken nose on a bunt attempt, which he should probably never be bunting with the power that he has. It was in an instructional league, so I kind of understand them wanting to work on some stuff. And then last year had both wrist and lower leg injuries. So a guy who has to stay healthy, but if he can, there is absolutely a possibility of moving through this system a little more rapidly and being an impact player. Because again, that power is some of the best power in the entire minor leagues. It's just... 
you've got to be able to get it into games. 161 strikeouts in 93 games, including 26 strikeouts in 17 games in rookie ball. Um, breakout player in this system, I mentioned uh, liking some of these other guys. Samuel Zavala, to me, really feels like this is the year. I felt good about how the power was able to impact games in low A last year, and he's going to have the pressure to hit because... The defense is, like I said, only going to be average to above average. But power is very projectable. We already saw it come up quite a bit. The lefty swing is just incredibly smooth, incredibly gorgeous. I like him to be the breakout player in this system, which is weird to say about a top four draft pick or a top four prospect in a system. But I feel like he's not a typical top four prospect in a lot of systems. He is in the Padres because there are so many newer players in the system who are farther away from the bigs. Best outfield defender in this system, 2022 sixth rounder Jacob Marcy out of Central Michigan. Talked about him on Monday's show in response to one of the questions. Six foot 180, got 18 games in low A, 254, 419, 463, two home runs, nine extra base hits, 16 walks to 15 strikeouts, and 12 to 13 on stolen bases. The speed is absolutely ridiculous. Very, very good speed. It's just a matter of being able to get the ball in play so that he can take advantage of that speed. The on-base, very good. Very good plate discipline. Very good batter's eye. Uh, Again, developing the power a little bit more. Don't know how much physical development you have left, but I think there's a little bit still. As well as just working on the swing to elevate the ball more. I'd make it into a line drive swing versus trying to get him to uppercut everything. But either way... Uh, working on the swing, tweaking the swing just a little bit. Fantastic week this week. Continuing on, we've got the rest of this division. There are some great farm systems in here. Um, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, if you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. You can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com or drop your questions in the, in the new LockedOnMLBProspects Discord. Link is in the episode description. Link is in the show notes. And we're still looking for a Padres fan In this Discord, we have just about every single team represented, a lot of them by multiple people. There's over 100 folks in this Discord, but still looking for a Padres fan. So we'd be very excited to have you. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. 